Welcome to Ride IQ. On today's episode of In Stride, Sinead interviews Kim Severson. Kim is a double Olympic medalist, won the prestigious Kentucky five-star event three times, was a member of multiple FEI World Equestrian Games teams, and was named United States Eventing Association's Lady Rider of the Year. Sinead and Kim talk about an important force behind Kim's success, her ability to harness her fear and ride with confidence. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, I am so excited. It has taken me only six months, seven months to track down the infamous Kim Severson, <laughs> maybe a little less, time, maybe like two weeks and some um, funny memes to catch your attention um, to get <laughs> uh, my very, very dear friend Kimmy on um, our podcast. And I'm so excited because I can't wait to hear everything that you've been up to um, and talk about everything that you've been up to for like, I don't know, the last like 30 years and what is going to be happening in the future. So welcome. Um, thank you. (laughs) This, um, you know, our audience, we've had uh, just a lot of fun with this podcast. It really has no script (laughs) hence that you didn't get anything before this other than a few questions. So, you know, what I, when I kind of thought about the conversation I wanted to have with you, I, I thought about it. I actually was driving somewhere. Maybe I was driving to a horse show and I just was like giggling about a lot of experiences we've had together (laughs) (laughs) over the last long time. And one of my, you know, one of my favorite things about you is how, like, I'll be freaking out about something. We'll be walking course. And I'll be like, I just, I don't even know what I'm going to do here. And this is, you know, like, am I going to do this or this? And you're like, Sinead, just do this. It's fine. Like, this is no big deal. And then it'll be four jumps later and there'll be a jump. I'm not even, I haven't even thought twice about. And you're like, I'm freaking out about this jump. I don't even, are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't even worried about this jump, Kim. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I love um, how honest and how, um, like I've always found my conversations with you to be just such a breath of fresh air because there are things that you, you are very um, confident and sure of. There are things that you're very thoughtful about and we can have a really great discussion. And um, there are things that obviously, um, you know, like you have concerns with or you're not totally sure. And you're always very open and very um, willing to have those conversations. And I think, you know, reading through your resume. (laughs) Um, it's hard to think you would ever have a doubt about anything. And so, you know, that's what I wanted to talk about this kind of elusive word of confidence and how we get it. Can we keep it? Do we need it, you know, to be competitive or even in our day-to-day, you know, rides, anything like that. And, you know, I'm going through your resume and it's like, and I know you and I know all this stuff, but then I read it and it's like insane. I mean, you know, it's just insane, but we'll, we'll hit all of these things along the way. Um, and I'll stop talking at some point <laughs> so that our audience carry can, on. You're great. <laughs> can hear you. Um, but let's like, let's back up a little bit to, um, you know, you're originally from Arizona and like a lot <laughs> of the people that we've chatted with, you ended up at kind of a point where you decided to go East, <laughs> um, <laughs> and come out this way to start your journey. And that takes a big you know, a big, uh, uh, I don't know, a a big decision, a big move, a big kind of, um, risk factor. So why don't we go back to that and start there and then we'll kind of move through the years of Kim. (laughs) 
and we'll get around the confidence in there at places. Um, For me, it was never a question. I always knew that I would come East. I was um, riding some Lipizzans at the time. Some of you guys know that, but I rode Lipizzans for a little while for some people in Arizona. And I had my event horses as well. And um, I went to a training session with Dak Legoff, just uh, not for the team, just a separate little three sets of clinics he did. My horse went lame in the first one. So I rode a bunch of different horses and sort of at the end of those three sessions, um, three weeks, he said, well, if you go East, you can take this horse that he had brought with him to Arizona. And so I moved and he suggested I go to Morvan Park because he was in at Morvan Park at the time. And so that's where I moved. Um, and it was, for me, it wasn't a big question at all. I always knew it was something I was going to do. Um, and I just got lucky that I got an invitation to go and do something like that. Um, it was short lived (laughs) after I got East. Yeah. What did that, I mean, what did that look like? Was that like a training program? Like, did you live there? Were you under the wing of that or how did that work out? He had a house at Morvan park and I lived in one of the dorm rooms at Morvan and I worked at a tax store and I did, I did that bit of, of, you know, riding my horses and doing the tax store thing and stuff like that. And as I said, the the deal with Jack Legoff was rather short lived. Um, and so I don't even know how long it lasted, maybe six months. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Wasn't, it just wasn't, um, it was difficult, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It wasn't, you know, it was Jack after his whole U.S. Equestrian team thing and all that stuff. And it was a little mm-hmm. difficult. And I, for whatever reason, I got out of it. Um, how, how old, how old were you at that point? Like 18. 17, 18, when I moved to, yeah, when I moved east, um, picked up and off I went, my horses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I did that for a long time. You know, I lived at Morven Park when I met my my now ex-husband. And I was sort of, one of my horses died while that was happening. She had an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. kind of didn't really know what I was going to do. And he, he said, well, why don't, why don't we move to Charlottesville? And so I did. And of course, while I was in Charlottesville um, is when Linda and I, Linda Bachmeister and right. Monante, she and I had, you know, met up and that's how I got started there at Plain Dealing. Wow. So you didn't know, I, for some reason, I assumed you knew Linda and that's why you moved there. I didn't realize you moved there first and then met her there. No. Mm-mm. When I, because I put up a, an ad at the tax store I was working at saying I was looking for horses to ride and this and that. And she and I had spoken and she said, well, I think you're way too ambitious for what I want. She wanted somebody <laughs> to, um, some people know, learn how to drive the fjords. She had fjord ponies and one of my deal was to learn how to drive them and help with the kids. The kids were um, just starting to ride Lucia and Benita. Mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, help with all that stuff. And after we had spoken, she said I was way too ambitious and so on <laughs> and so forth. And then a little while later, she was, she called me again for some reason. Um, maybe she forgot she had spoken to me or I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and I started working for her no and kidding. sort of, yeah, I, I did. I never learned how to drive the ponies, but I did event 
You want to sound? You're like, um, we'll call, after, we can compromise. For <laughs> a while. And she had some older horses there that I was riding and did some of that stuff. And then um, when I had my Jerry McGarry horse had gotten injured at yeah. Kentucky and, and shortly thereafter is when she bought um, Over the Limit for me. Right. Um, that was the first horse she'd owned for me. And um, he was fabulous horse and went and did. And uh, when I went to try him, Jimmy Walford, it was his by his suggestion. And because I was working with Jimmy a bit at the time. And he said, well, I don't know that it's a lady's ride because um, <laughs> he's a little bit rank, but he was obviously a wonderful, wonderful horse. Yeah. Um, and then over the years, we, you know, she bought other horses that I and rode. Had she and owned horses before? No, never. No, not no. not for somebody to ride. She had yeah, the ponies yeah, yeah. and stuff, and she had her yeah. beautiful plane dealing farm. Right, but no, not mm-hmm. not. I don't think she intended to buy to horses owner. for somebody to ride. Right, right. That wasn't her plan. Right. Oh, that well. Well, thank God. I mean, it it worked out pretty well for the first few, <laughs> and then no, kept definitely. going. Right. We had a, we had it, we did a lot of horses. Um, obviously they weren't all terribly successful, but some of them were. And yeah, I was there for, I think like 10 years. Right. That's so wild. And so then when you were there, so there you were, you were probably, you're in your early twenties, right? Mm -hmm. Was that that about right? So in your early twenties and you're kind of like teaching the kids, riding horses there, and then obviously have your own aspirations that were way too ambitious um, <laughs> to, and uh, you're achieving them. And so during all of that time, I mean, obviously there's some ups and downs and you're dealing kind of new place, new situation, new owner, new horses, you know, as you were kind of working through that, you know, how did you, how did you cope with the ups and downs of that and kind of growing up yourself? Cause I mean, that's really, I mean, now that we're old, that's really young, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and you look at like right now, when I look at 20 year olds, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like there's so much to learn. There's so much to, um, right. yeah, there's a lot of pressure there. I think that you don't know what you don't know when you're that yeah. age, right? You just, yeah. you go along, you do the thing, you, when you're working out how it's going to work with this person, it's either something you can live with or something you can't, yeah. you know, as far as her being an owner, which was fabulous. Right. I yeah. lived there. She paid me. I rode the horses and it was really, it turned into a, a pretty huge operation over the years. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's just, there's things you don't, you don't know. You, you get out of a program and then you go, gosh, I think next time I probably won't do such and such. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go through it to figure out what does or doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, I don't, I had my first big accident. Um, I broke when I broke my pelvis, um, few years into riding horses for Linda. And that was, that was definitely, you know, I would say a learning curve for both of us. I broke my pelvis. I was only off for like six weeks. It wasn't a terribly long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, it's it something that y'all, you know, you have to go through because eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think I was, I was really lucky to be in her care at that time, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, not that she necessarily <clears throat> personally cared for me, but that she had people that worked there and she understood and she was, you know, she's just a person you'd want to have on your side in, in that particular situation. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, did somebody come in and ride your horses there? Did they just keep them ticking over a while? 
No, they just trotted. I never was terribly successful having people ride my horses while I was off. That was <laughs> that never worked well for me. I was basically the girls would trot them and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one time I had I asked somebody to ride Dan around a preliminary track and she ended up having a fall on him and she oh my god she said Kim I don't think you should be riding this horse this is not a good horse this is not a you know not a safe horse or whatever the deal was and it just goes to show how <clears throat> there's horses you get along with and there's horses you don't get along with and yeah you, you know what Dan did and not you know for me and with me wouldn't have done for other people and maybe would have right. done better with other people but I don't you know. know. You, you have it's to go pretty, with your. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty fabulous. Yeah, but you have to go with your gut when you're riding horses or you're working with people and any people, not just people in our business, but any people. You really have to go with your gut. I mean, something may sound amazing and and wonderful and to you, and sometimes you need an outside person to say, mm, "You should think about this situation, and that situation, yeah. and and how you guys are going to handle it." I've Certainly over the years, had people come to me, they're in this bright situation, somebody's owning horses and all this stuff. And I've said, you know, just think about how you're going to handle it if you get hurt or if this happens or, you know, God forbid you lose one of the horses or they get injured or all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's what you don't know is fabulous until you know it. (laughs) Until you know it. And then you can't unknow it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the things that keeps us coming back in the sport. It's like you, you kind of, I've found the, the people that I've met that have stayed in it for the long haul, I found some success early and then, you, and then it's gone, you know, yeah. like you have that injury, you lose yeah. that horse, you have something that goes, you lose the owner, you don't have the owner and, you know, and then you, it's the build back up the next two or three times that kind of um, you know, they kind of educate you and make you and, you know, you're lustful for the times that you didn't know. Sure. But then, you know, you go in with your eyes a little bit, you know, wa- I wider. Remember, like when I won Blenheim this in whatever, 2017 or 18 or whatever it was on, on Crossy. Yeah. You know, I remember I was there with Pippa Funnel and some of the older people and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not too old to do this. I can still, <laughs> you know, be successful at this and and do this. Because when you don't have success for a while, you start to question it. Yeah. And you, this goes, this all goes back to the whole confidence thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's, I think confidence goes to what you're sitting on. You have to really believe in what you're sitting in, on and that you, it is your type of ride. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to ride something, no matter how fabulous it is, but it's, it's just difficult and you don't ever really click yeah. with the horse or whatever. I mean, it's just not, it's not fun and it's not worth it for, for those ones. And it's, it's okay to go. It's a really good horse, just not a good horse for me. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the, like, probably one of the later lessons. I was actually having this conversation with um, Sharon White on the weekend and we were yeah. just kind of talking about some random horses and ones that we've hung on to for too long because they were so fabulous. They're moved, they jumped, but it just, you know, every time you got on them, you just didn't feel like there was a connection or there wasn't something mm-hmm. that was quite clicking, <clears throat> but it, because you couldn't label it, you tried harder and tried to get more lessons or more help or more whatever. And, um, and I'm sure you've run into this a lot with your teaching 
Um, and I actually find it, it, this is a nice thing for our listeners to hear because I find that with a lot of adult amateurs that they love their horse so much, even if it's not a good match and they're spending mm-hmm. all this money and, you know, they're working all hours and like they're riding before work or in the dark or in the freezing or, or whatnot. And they're having a terrible time, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but they think it's all them and they'll just take more lessons than they love their horse and they can't possibly move it on. And I think we've all had that experience where multiple times where we've maybe hung yeah. on to one too long. Um, you know, like I even today I walked into the house and then the Chronicle, you know, the cover of the Chronicle is on cue. Right. Is the, you know? Yep. Yep. I think and, about you all the time, you know, and I bought her as a six-year-old or seven-year-old, I think. Yeah. And, um, but I still, I'm so happy for her and I'm so happy for Boyd and there are moments, but I'm still like, that was okay. You know, like, which is a nice feeling. Like, I'm like that, that's still, I'm okay with how that went, you know? And, um, but it was, I was kind of two years him and hawing. I know I was around you a lot when I was, when there was a lot of a long time, you really, really, really talked about that a lot. And you could see some success here and there with you, yeah. but it was, it was not something you were ever truly in love with. And it yeah. doesn't mean she's not a nice horse and she's not this and that, Yeah, but it was just not, not a situation not for you. Right, yeah. Not the right match. And it's, it's interesting, you know, ha- having the confidence to do that. I mean, to say that or to move on or to let it go or something like that, or to recognize a situation in anyone, like you kind of said originally when you went to Morven and you were there for six months and you're like, I don't really know, but this isn't quite the right match for right. me, you know, is a really, um, you know, it's a powerful thing to be able to say and recognize and do, especially at such a young, such a young age. Um, but then you kind of, then obviously you kind of, <laughs> you know, the universe says, okay, you've made the right move. You end up in Charlottesville and you end up with Linda and you're like, okay, this, this feels a little better. Um, mm-hmm. a better connection. So when, when Dan came into the picture, did you kind of know, and, and for those of us that, that aren't as familiar with the barn name of Dan, it's Winsome Adante. So he won Kentucky three times and, you know, Olympic medals and all of the accolades, but you know, he, he was, he's kind of just a big bay horse. <laughs> he was a know? little bay horse, like he he was maybe 16 hands, terrible confirmation, a hand taller <laughs> behind short neck. <laughs> You know, and I got on him and I rode him and we bought him as a resale idea. And I said, you know, he's just a cute, he's a cute little horse. He's a, you know, he's a nice, he was never Dan, right? Like he was just a nice enough little horse. And, and, and as we started competing, I mean, he just took off, you know, he won pretty much like everything he did. He won his first three day event, which was a three star now, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then one or was second at Fox Hall the next year behind Karen and Nash. And, you know, he just, he just sort of took off, but you would certainly never buy him out of a field. You would never, very few people would have bought him, but now, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, but he just, gosh, he went to work every day and he, luckily enough, I was good enough in the dressage and he was never going to do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he was so successful in the dressage and jumping wise, he, I always like to say he would land going faster than he took off. Like, I don't know how he did it, but (laughs) he always just was away so quickly. Mm -hmm. And the show jumping was something we always, we always worked on with him. I found him very difficult to stay with over a jump, um, stay up over his, his shoulders really. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was certainly something we, we worked on, but he was obviously a good enough, you know, good enough show jumper. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, no matter how good the horse is, you always have stuff you're going to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Always. And how did and you I think as- I was just going to say, like, I think, um, you know, you see a lot of our younger riders or developing riders or where, whatever they are. And you, you see the ones that don't believe in themselves enough. They always mm-hmm. question, uh, I need this person here to help me. I need that person there to help me. I need that. And you're like, you just want to kick them in the pants and be like, just go do what you do. Right. Like you, these ones that are so good, but they question everything. And that's the one thing I think people will say about me that have known me is, you know, I am straight to the point. There's not a lot of filter and it's just like, you just go and do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, for me, that's what I want the young writers to know, like the developing, right. Like you, you have to believe in yourself enough to stand up for what you think is right with your horse when you're in a lesson with somebody or in a training session with somebody or, you know, whatever, you just a little bit, you got to stick to your gut and say, this is, this is what's best for my horse. And there's obviously the opposite side to that, where you have people that are unteachable because they just won't, (laughs) you know, they won't, uh, you know, do even meet you halfway with what you're trying to get them to do. But I, I Mm -hmm. think, you know, I think, our, our younger riders need to be a little tougher and a little more just, I'm going to go do it. And there do you, you go, think that's, me. that's a, like a cultural thing? Do you think that's a East coast, West coast central? Like, where did you get that kind of, I mean, ballsy Kim way. <laughs> that's who I am. I got it from yeah. my mom. <clears throat> I got it from know, my mom. She's, a, she's <laughs> a tough lady. Yeah. Um, and I, is it teachable? I think it, yeah, I do think it is teachable, but I do, you know, like a lot of times with my students, I'm like, I never give them the answers. I always say, well, what do you think? Or what would Mm -hmm. we normally do or whatever? And I'm, I've never been like, I would not go, you need, you know, you want to go work with Will Coleman's right down the road. You want to go work with them, go work Mm -hmm. with him. He's not too far away. Go, go have lessons, go figure it out. If, if I'm not the right answer for you, Mm -hmm. because I want them go to an event by yourself. Like they have to be able to stand up on their own feet and go and do. Yeah. And I don't know what, you know, if it's cultural, whatever it is, I think there are definitely programs that don't help in Mm -hmm. that scenario. Um, which I think, you know, is good and bad. It's not my way necessarily, but I do think that people have to figure out how to do this thing for themselves. As far Anything, as having some everything. programs that are just very hand holding, like all the decisions are made. Yeah, it's yeah. like um, yeah, it's like uh, learned helplessness. Like they just, you just learn not to make any choices or decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially in eventing where you don't, you know, you have to do so much of it on your own. You have to. I mean, you just have to. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to be, mm-hmm. and you have to go with your gut. And I remember walking around. I don't know, like the worlds or, or something. And I had two horses there I could choose from. And we walked around and David said, you need to pick your scrappiest horse. Mm -hmm. Like the one that's just going to, you know, go and do not the one that's going to win the dressage, not the one that's going to, you know, and that was, that was really, really good advice. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, you just, 
it, it's tough because you see these people and you want to go, come on, just, just, you don't need help. You just, you've gotten yeah. there on your own. You need to go and do it. I remember you know? I, well, I never would have, uh, I don't think I would have gotten around <clears throat> the WEG in France without the conversation we had when we were walking. I don't know if you remember this, but we were walking out in the morning or, yeah. And some, I, I, I was early to go. So somebody must not have been going, but we were talking about something. And I said, well, oh my God, what if you have a stop at like the fifth fence, which I think is where I had to stop. And, um, <laughs> and, and I mean, what do you do? This track is so massive. Like, do you just pull up? Do you go home? You know, do you save them for another day? And you looked at me like I had three heads. You said, you just <laughs> said, you know, you put your heels down, you kick them in the gut and you get the course done and you finish like the best you can for your team, for the experience you're here and you just get it done. And I was, I like, you know, the fact that the thought had even crossed my mind about, you know, saving it for another day. And then but that was your first team experience. though. Wasn't yes. It? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm you sure were, I had yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And, but you were awesome because I, I did, I came down, I made a mistake right early in the course. And then it was the worst next nine minutes of my life. <laughs> and, but yeah. it was just like, you know, you just do it, but you, you know, like, got it just done. do it. I mean, where you had your problems, I mean, those are like the toughest corners we had ever seen and probably are still the toughest corners. Well, hopefully um, that like, we burned them down or something. <laughs> I know. I mean, those suckers, those suckers were tough and there was a lot of problems there that day, but you sucked it up and you got it done, which is, yeah. Yeah. And you know know what what else I loved about like in hindsight, in the moment, again, it took me, it took me a second, but we, I think we were still, maybe it was at, it was on that trip. So, um, we had a great time for those of you that are listening. We got to go to the the best part about going to France was we we went to Chantilly for a couple of weeks beforehand to prep. And we just like had such a great team and, uh, camaraderie. Everything was so fun. (laughs) Um, we, we could have had a better experience at the actual competition, but, um, you know, I was, you know, yeah, it was my first team experience and, uh, you know, I was struggling with some stuff and, and then I was an individual, you and I were individuals and, um, um, you know, and I was kind of a little bit had my, my, like, you know, why, you know, why is this? And you were like, this, what are you kidding me? Like, I would put you as an individual, you know, I'm like, I'm like, Kim, you're my friend. Like you're supposed to be. <laughs> I was an individual too, and yeah, I was feeling I the same way. Yeah. But I still understood it. Yeah, you're like it's your first team experience. It's way too much pressure. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, fine. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was, it was great. It was great because it, you know, like I, again, you know, you kind of, it's hard to have that line, you know, sometimes where it's like, well, this is, this isn't emotional. This isn't personal. This is just what it is. And we're all, you know, we're working with horses and we're, it, which is a very passion field filled sport. And so you can get, you know, we're all wrapped up in all this stuff, but at some point in time, you know, you have to see things for what they are and you have to, you know, like you said, just get some stuff done. And if somebody says something that rubs you the wrong way or something doesn't work out the way that you want it to, you just get over it and kick on anyway, and then figure out the next thing. And, um, it's so easy to get bogged down, you know, especially when, <clears throat> you know, and I, I don't even think it's always just the team stuff. I, I think you could run into it at both ends. You know, when you have, um, young riders or adult amateurs that every extra second and dime and whatever they spend is going into this one horse, the expectation and what's real sometimes becomes too emotional. And then the other side, when you go into team stuff, that your goals that you've been striving for your whole life, like cloud your vision as well. 
So having that kind of voice of reason, whether it's in your own head or in your friend's head. So I'm going to give everybody your phone number. So if they need a voice of reason (laughs) (laughs) or slap in the face, they can just call you. (laughs) Um, Is really, it's important to have. And it's like figuring out, you know, if you're not born with that, like, how do we get it? Like, and do we need it? You know, like, where do we find that thing? And is that actually confidence or is it just, you know, being a little bit, um, tough, you know, like a little, I think you have to be like, you have to be tough and you have to basically not give, you know, what, um, Mm -hmm. too much about it. And if you, you know, you, you, somebody told me once, uh, you know, a long time ago, they said, you know, just fine. Then you think you're in the wrong spot, then go win, you know, or somebody's (laughs) questioning you go win. Yeah. you know, go out and go fast and get it done and, and yeah. show people because that's the only way and show yourself, right. That's the mm-hmm. only way you are going to be successful is to just go out and show people, fine. Yeah. You're questioning me. Well, watch this, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you have, and if, even if it's just for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going novice and it's, you know, the AECs or whatever, you just have to go out and be tough for yourself. Mm-hmm. not for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And there's a, there's a time and a place. And also for, you know, uh, for the horse, for the horses as well. Like if we're kind of questioning every mm-hmm. thing that we're doing and, and kind of have this internal back and forth going on when we're trying to steer that, you know, it, it only, it doesn't lead to good things. Good, good energy does not transfer <laughs> you know, right. to those, to, right. to the animals that we're Right. You know, I always have that thing. I always, I always tell people like if I'm having an off day or I'm, this isn't, you know, doesn't feel right. I I had a situation like this at Morven park this fall. Um, I was, I was going out to go intermediate and uh, it was kind of like one of those sort of um, misty days. I couldn't see very well. So I wear glasses when I ride. I've never had contacts. I wear glasses um, um, so I can see. And I couldn't wear my glasses. And I was coming around to the jump. It was the third fence. And boy, I just couldn't see where I was. I'm like, you think you're at one place and then you get there and you can see the jump. And all of a sudden you're like, well, shoot, this is not where I thought I was. Ended up taking out the back rail of the oxer Mm -hmm. and Somehow my horse stayed on his feet and I finally went and got some contacts because I'm like, I can't do this anymore where I'm, you know, 30 strides from a jump and I think I'm at one place and I get there and I'm totally somewhere else. Wow. Um, So I think, you know, and, and I always tell my students, I'm always like, just if they're worried about just go jump one jump at a time. Right. You don't, you don't, on one hand, you need to go out and show them you can win, but at the other hand, you need to also feel what's happening underneath of you and what's going on at that yeah. time. Like if you're not feeling totally confident, but you still want to go out, then you do one jump at a time and yeah. you, you build your confidence as you go, or you go, gosh, you know, what? this is just not happening today. Yeah. And that's totally fine too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's like, uh, yeah. What do they say? Confidence is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're as good as a riders, your confidence is as high as the last horse you just got off, you know, like, like, and, uh, and the kind of the funny thing about confidence sometimes is like, you know, you get it 
after you do something awesome when totally. <laughs> kinda, it totally. would be nice to get it before you do something awesome. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. those courses when you're going for me, like going out to, you know, around Kentucky or, you know, some big track like that, you know, I'm, I'm actually a really nurse, nervous person. I do a lot of vomiting and whatnot <laughs> as, especially more as I've gotten older. Really? Um, oh, for sure. Like the last Kentucky I did, I'm pretty sure I was vomiting the night before. Oh, no. So that was really awesome. Um, <laughs> and I always, for me, I always just go, okay, just first you got to get in the tack. Yeah. Once you get in the tack, you go out the warm up, you see how it's going, you jump your jumps. That's good. You go out, you go one jump at a time, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm feeling like that, usually once you get in the tack, you're good to go and yeah. it's totally fine. Um, Mm-hmm. But I don't, it doesn't, I mean, there's nothing funnier than sitting around the office at Kentucky where we can all see the, when we, you know, had to all sit in yeah. there and watch that TV screen, right? And we're all just watching the next person in the room go out the room to get on their yeah. horse and they're just <laughs> yeah. as green as can be. Um, yeah, all the know, donuts are full that day. There's like donuts in there yeah. every day and they're gone. Uh-huh. Dressage day, cross country day, it's like uh-huh. not so much. No, <laughs> no one's touching them. No, but you definitely, it's, um, you have to figure out what works for you and you have to stick to it. Well, and it's, you know, like, um, you hear my dog again, I do. It's such a bad dog. Gouda. Gouda. I knew it was Gouda. It's the piranha. (laughs) I knew it was Gouda. (laughs) What a piranha. Tim is a very good horse trainer. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) is like come on yeah I mean and it's it's so um interesting because you know like when I watch you ride I'm like oh I'm sure I'd be so confident if I always like could gallop down (laughs) and see the jumps like she does I'm sure you know and um and it's so easy to do that like you watch everybody it's and I don't know because I super I don't throw up but that's just because that's just not my way but I'm pretty like you know, I get very, very nervous. And, um, to the point where I'm like, if I stay this nervous, I'm going to be so exhausted. I'm not going to be able to walk to the tack because I'm so, um, you know, anxious. And, um, but it's like, I don't even know half the time if I'm more worried about screwing up or getting hurt or, you know, not having faith or confidence in my skill set or what it is, but there's like, there's always a disconnect And then most of the time, if it's a, you know, horse that I know, or it's the right day or or whatnot, you get back on and everything starts to connect again. You connect to your horse, connect to your skill set, connect to like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I have a chance, (laughs) you know? Right. But it's like when you're far away. Yeah. When you're at your hotel room or you're in your car, you're just in your head. (laughs) There's like, you know, a total disconnect with, um, yeah, all, all your, your real life experiences, or there's a connection to the one experience that you had a long time yeah. ago. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's that a good one point. Time. I mean, I find myself going, well, geez, if so-and-so can get around, I can do this. And I go, <laughs> gone to the Starbucks going, Kim, come on, you've won Kentucky. How many times? Like, yeah, this is ridiculous. You're jumping around a freaking preliminary track right now. Yeah. Like, but it, it's, I think it's normal. And I think most often for us, it's about making a mistake. Yeah. Like, I don't think I worry <clears throat> so much about getting hurt or anything like that. It's about making a mistake. 
Yeah. And it's, it's silly. Like, well, and it's funny because when you think about it, like, that's what I've tried to do. Like now when I'm getting, I'm like, who's putting this pressure on me? Totally. Me, (laughs) you know, like like 100% me, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's like, um, yeah, it's kind of, you get to a point that again, um, you don't know where, you know, you wonder where that comes from, but I think that also is also that the pressure and the drive that got you there in the first place, you know, is that, Mm -hmm. that expectation and that like, well, this, you know, I've got to, um, you know, I've got to, to do this, I've got to be good. I put all this stuff into it, you know? So it's a, it's a funny, a funny balance, um, to walk and then to just accept that you're probably always going to be that way. (laughs) (laughs) Probably always going to be vomiting in the start box, you know, Um, or in the car on the way. So, so when you, you know, like, and we've, we've hit on this a couple of times, um, back and forth, but like you, obviously you've, you've taught developing riders, you were a selector for team USA and then happened to have to step off because you were in contention for team USA. So that was <laughs> awkward. Um, but, um, you know, what, you know, when you're, you, you obviously walk this line between competition and training and all of that. And, and, you know, we've had a, a couple of, of, um, people, on, on the podcast, and we've just brought this up a couple of times because it's always the hot topic is, you know, is that what we're kind of missing? Is that what we're moving towards is kind of that tougher, um, more self-reliant mentality to kind of get us on board and competitive on the, the world stage. Is it, is it individual or infrastructure, you know, like what, you know, just put you on the spot right now. What do you think? Thank you. <laughs> Thank welcome. you. You're welcome. I think for me and, and, you know, I am currently a selector, so that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I think for me and what I see, you you know, we see, we watch these people and the people that are on, on the top right now and you, you look at them and there's not a whole lot of them that are very consistently on the top. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is like you people, you people being the next, the next round up you've got to step up and be tougher and, and come on, let's, let's go and do, you cannot be reliant on the coach or the, or the, you know, the chef or whomever it is, you Mm -hmm. have to do it for yourself Mm -hmm. and not get so into, you know, everybody's talking about right now, but like, why, why did we lose Eric and, and what's going on with that? And, and why did that all happen? And it, ultimately it kind of doesn't matter because we still need our team USRA riders to really step up and be a strong, cohesive group of riders. Mm-hmm. And cohesive is a huge, a huge word that needs to be used. And you know, you, meaning this, that, that, um, the group that's kind of leading the way get along or that everybody's meaning on the same that you training. riders, <clears throat> You know, when we, we did our team things Mm -hmm. and our team stuff, we had a very cohesive group of riders, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't all make the team every time. Right. But Mm -hmm. we had a good cohesive group of riders. Um, And I don't know so much that comes from, came from the coach or the chef or whatever. I think it's the the group of riders that we had. It was just, everybody actually was cheering for one another and working Mm -hmm. with one another and and, and trying to help one another. And I don't see that happening quite so much yeah. in, in our groups. And I, I think sometimes it is, but I, I think 
ultimately it's not a strong enough, cohesive enough group mm-hmm. that are rounding out our top riders right now. Yeah. 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 It's, and that's, um, <clears throat> you know, like the feedback from like the, one of the best results was Aachen and that team feedback was great that that group really, <clears throat> really worked together well, which is the first time I've heard that mm-hmm. in, a, in a, in quite a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, that at some point it's not, um, a coincidence, you know, my dad, yeah. says nothing is a coincidence. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Because you have to have that in uh, like, um, <clears throat> independent or individual confidence, but it has to, you have to be confident enough that you kind of, it blends together really well because you don't have, you have to ego. be willing to share your knowledge. You have yeah. to be willing to help your teammates to be better. Yeah. And I think that happens to a point, but I do mm-hmm. think there is, you know, it, that, that aspect of it still needs to be to be better. Um, And I think, I think it's the riders that need to step up. I think it's the riders that need to expect more from themselves, more from their fellow competitors, and they have to be willing to help their fellow competitors, you know, teammates, I guess, in this case, you know, to step up and be better. Yeah. In all phases, in everything, in their week, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, um, uh, I also think it's like, the more confident you are, the less in, in a good way, like confidence and ego is different, right? Like it, it comes across very differently. And if you feel good and confident about your skill set and your program, it, you're actually, you're a lot more willing to see and say something without <clears throat> emotion attached to it. And you're also willing to hear it back. And that makes the back and forth in those situations so much more pleasant, you know, like it's not, um, somebody telling someone something, to prove that they're right or to prove that they know something it's like, it's genuinely to help or to see something or say something and, and a mutual or like a a bit of a respect thing, because I didn't think about it before until you just said that, but you know, it does feel like in a lot of these conversations, um, you would, it would be, you'd be prone to pick somebody apart before you'd say what they excel at. Do you know what I'm saying? Like at the, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at that top level, um, well, actually mm-hmm. probably at any level really, um, which in, in, in like cohesive situations, isn't a great way to go in <laughs> to it. I don't know. No, 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 no. I think that, no, I think if you're all working towards one goal, I mean, I'm not saying something like I'm going to help you yeah, yeah. with your dressage, you know, but if somebody says, Hey, can you watch this? Well, then yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'll watch it and I'll tell you exactly what I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I will often go by anybody I know who is doing a halt in the warm up, and I'm like, uh, right hind yeah. or, you know, whatever it is like, you're just, I don't know. You're just gonna, you can see it. It's right there. Yeah. You can help them. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 100%. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> if you want, if you genuinely, and I think that's where some of the, the, the boys are honestly so good because they take the, the, the criticism or the help or the whatever from whatever thing without thinking much about it, you know, like it's just, whereas sometimes, um, 
I know personally, I, you know, I can speak for myself, but sometimes I've taken it too personally, you know, like I, I've taken it all too personally. And now it's like, I don't, I don't care if I'm taking lessons from somebody that I don't even like, <laughs> if they, mm-hmm. as a human, if they can contribute something to what I'm doing, um, or help me, or I know that they're excellent at this thing. I'm like, oh, hell, you know, let's go. And if they call me, yeah. you know, and if they say it in a way that it, that's offensive, then whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, like it's still, that's their way of saying it, but I'm going to try and take something out of that. That's helpful for me, you know? Right. Um, and if I disagree with it, then I don't, then it doesn't matter anyway, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, exactly. I'm, I remember having a lesson <laughs> with Katie Perdant, um, one of the, you know, when she was helping with the training sessions and she was like, you're just, you're not, you don't focus enough on the jump and you're not paying attention and you're, you know, this and that, the other thing. And I was thinking like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? Yeah. Like it, it came across in such a, an, uh, an aggressive way but in hindsight what she was really trying to say was I needed to be more specific like really focus on the specific point in the jump right where I wanted to be and I did not understand what she was saying and that was truthfully one of the best things about working with Mark because I would just stop in the middle of the lessons everybody knows and drop the reins and say I don't know what you want yeah and, and if you can work with somebody like that without them getting plus angry or, mm-hmm. or yeah, mm-hmm. then it's, then that's, that's great. That's a, that's a good way to work with someone and say, I just, I'm not, I don't know what you want. I will um, never forget having a lesson with Mark and it was it like in 2010 and I had just stepped up to the level. You guys were all going to WAG <clears throat> and I just was lucky enough to be on, on a training session, something. And he kept yelling at me to go more forward. At, and so I was going as like fast as I could through the short <laughs> side, right? Like more forward. And, and, and I did. And finally I was like, I just, I don't get it. Like I saw, I was like, I'm going as fast as I can. He said, by forward, I mean, slow down. <laughs> and Exactly. And I was exactly. Like, oh, okay. You know, that's one of the, <clears throat> one of the things one of the things in, in getting, you know, replacing our coach or whatever mm-hmm. is going to happen and the discussions I've, I've participated in. And I've said, you know, the biggest, most important thing that has to happen if we're going to have a coach for the worlds this year is, is the verbiage, yeah, the terminology, like it's not, you know, but if you don't understand what some, what your coaches. Um, meaning is specific mm-hmm. meaning is by the words they're using it's no good yeah and I think you know I think that's that's really 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 important and a lot of people go have one lesson they didn't like it and you know this and that and I think you know it takes time to figure mm-hmm. out you know what that person's meaning actually is from them what they think it means and what you think it means yeah. and trying to make sure you're both on the same page. That takes a long time. Totally. Totally. And I mean, and you can tell when somebody's ridden with someone for a long time, you, you barely have to use words, you know, there's mm-hmm. gestures and things like that. And you know what they're after. And somebody watching from a side was like, how did you pick that up? And you're like, well, I've been working with a person for 10 years, you know, like, you're right. you know, the, the philosophy or the tweak or you all, you know, or you also know when to go ride by yourself for a second, get something done and come back, you know? Right. Um, right. and you, and to be fine with doing that, but I totally, 
I totally agree. It's, it's hard. And I think it's hard, um, you know, right now in a a coaching situation, it's, um, you know, it's a tricky spot to be in, whether you're trying to coach a a country or you're trying to run a business and coach people in your business's reliance on coaching those people and, and making sure that, you know, they're getting better and they're excelling, but you're also, you know, able to speak your mind and not offend them and say, you can't move up levels or you're not ready for this, or this is, you know, whatever. And, um, and be willing for that person to walk away. Um, or if you're at a team level, be willing for that person to give you a bad review. And like, well, like you said earlier, if you disagree with what I'm saying, go win, (laughs) then I will, I will be the first person cheering for you, you know, like, right. Right. it's, It's, um, you know, it's important that it doesn't become so political that nothing gets done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So what, so what do we do? What do we do now? I mean, what do we do in this situation? I mean, right now we've got the, the world championship. I mean, it's like, we're like, bam, bam, bam. We've got three things coming up. I mean, what would your advice be to, um, <laughs> you know, people that are looking at the next cycle and, and whatnot, like, I think it's the same thing as, as we would have done, right? Like, okay, first of all, you know, trying to, to get a coach quickly is never the answer, right? Never the answer. And the people, oh, let that me are interrupt be, you. Would you ever be, would you ever take on the coaching role? <laughs> <laughs> That's crossed my mind. <laughs> You're funny. I know. You're funny. I think I'm still, I'm just too close, too yeah. close to it. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it's just too close. Um, well, you still, still could check out and be on a few teams too. I don't know if you're at that. We can, we can talk about that later, but <laughs> I just thought I'd interrupt you and ask. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think like, I totally lost my train of thought. So thanks right. for that. <laughs> um, uh, same. I, uh, I asked what, um, what your advice would be. And you kind of said the same thing that, well, I think we can't be too (laughs) quick on the people that are going to be successful are still going to be successful. They're, you know, the top few spots, fine. That's going to, that's going to come out of your consistency over and over and over again, over the next year, two years, whatever those, you know, those people are going to make them successful getting a coach in because we need a coach. um, uh, To me is, is, would be a mistake. I think yeah. we have to be careful and be smart about how and who and when and yeah. and all of that stuff. And do you think yeah. we need, do you think a coach is what we need or like a, um, you know, a strategy type person? I think right now, I think person. we need, I think what we need right now is something different than what we will need over the long haul. Yeah. Like, you know, it would be, you know, who is going to be the chef for the, for the world is I believe we have to have one. So who, yeah. who is that person going to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a, a chef and a coach don't have to be the same thing. And I think one of the things we struggle with is that we think that the coach is a person to give us lessons. They don't, they, they're not there to teach the lessons. They're there to to be your eyes on the ground and to, to, to top off your, your good stuff and, you know, help you do things a little bit better, but they're not going to come in and make us better as a country. Right. They're yeah. going to be somebody who can build up the country and build up our 
how, you know, build up the riders, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mark Phillips, who almost did the entirety of my my stuff for the team, you know, I don't know how he did it because he didn't have a ton of fans, but he sure made the riders feel like they could ride, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was that was his his biggest asset. Mm hmm. Yeah. And if you were taking that to the, um, you know, to, a, a you know, your, your normal coach or to our, our listeners, their coaches, like in picking the right coach for them, you know, would that be the, like, you know, the first stopping point is like, how does this person, how does this person affect your confidence when you're riding? Like, how is this person helping you, you know, feel good about your self and going out there and your, how prepared you are and that type of thing. And then looking at, um, you know, like resume or skill set, or I mean, maybe skill set's not the thing. Um, you know, how do people decide whether they've got the right person or not to get the you right? You don't results? have to be a good writer to have to be a good coach, right? Yeah. Like there are people that are really good at coaching that aren't the best riders, and and I think we, you know, everybody wants to ride with the best riders right yeah. now. And the, the the toughest thing is the best riders are so freaking busy, busy. right now. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's all, it's a lot it's yeah. a lot for them. And, and I remember doing some sort of, uh, I don't know, coaching workshop situation thing. And I was like, it just really opened my eyes to the fact that they're trying to conform everybody's way of teaching. And I'm like, but the different ways of teaching are what work for all the different people right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to teach like Karen, who's not going to teach like David, who, you know, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And I think if you have a good feeling and an understanding when you come away from your lessons with your coach, then, then yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, but if you come off a cross country course and it, you thought it was really good. Your coach thought it was really good. And then you get talked to for going too fast or something <laughs> like that. You kind of got to take that into an account, you know, yeah. like, okay, this is what my coach wanted me to do, but now I got in trouble for it. Then you need to, you need to talk to your, you know, other people about it. And, and, you know, there's always more than one person's way of doing it or one person where they saw you go for five jumps, yeah. you know, I, I just think, you know, it's always about getting more information and more, um, one person's answer. is not always the right answer Yeah, for yeah. two people. Yeah. And it's also, if you think about it, <clears throat> I was talking to David on one of the podcasts we did, and I was, I was kind of frustrated with some like poor horsemanship at the competitions, basically by professionals, like, honestly, I'll be real, um, you know, with just stressed out horses and, you know, you know, just where you're just watching this going, what in the world. And, um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and David kind of actually, which is weird because I always call him Eeyore because he's so negative. Like he, he kind of said, yeah, you got to look closer because the people that are doing really excellent things right now are excellent horsemen. You know, you've got Tom McEwen, you've got Tim Price, you've got Michael Young in his own way. You've got, you know, William, who will always just be amazing. And you watch their style and they're all, their styles are a little different, but you, you enjoy watching it. And, um, he said, if you go and you pay attention at some of the horse shows, if you can kind of find that person you enjoy 
watching how they're communicating with their horse. Yeah. How they're communicating, yeah. what, what you see, what you like, and then kind of take it back. Like, like, do I look like that? <laughs> or do I yeah. look like this other person, you know? And like, what am I trying to emulate? And what is it that I like about um, what they're doing, you know, and, and, and take that back to your, to your coach or to, you know, or to whomever you're riding with or, or, um, whoever's you value, whoever's yeah, who's ever value. Opinion, whoever's opinion you value. Exactly. Especially if you do get in a bit of trouble here or there, you're having, you know, and sometimes you don't have to have somebody talk to you, but you go in and you have five rails down, which, you know, they'll pull you up at four now. And, um, you know, and that's happening multiple times and find, because it's actually amazing to me how in, in, there seems to be this divide between the lower levels and the upper levels, but there's, and it's easy to say, because obviously we're at the the level or have competed at the level that we have, but, but I, I find that there are very little walls that are up. Like if somebody were to ask me a question about their round or what I thought or whatnot, I would, you know, if I didn't know them well, I'd be polite about it, but I'd certainly probably say like, that's it not quite acceptable or that is acceptable, or maybe you should go down this road. So if you find, um, you know, somebody like that, that you're, you're watching them ride and you, you appreciate the way that they ride and you're kind of thinking, I don't know. And you could, you could just go up and talk to them. You know, you could just go up and yeah. ask them and see what they think or send a video or something like that. Um, because I have a, a student. I have a student right now and she, the horse consistently will have five rails yeah, um, or six mm-hmm. um, or periodically jump a clean round. Um, and she and I have struggled. She's been my student for a while and we've, uh-huh. we've definitely struggled a bit. And, you know, I, and she is, she's definitely one of my students that I have said, you know, who do you want to go work with? Do you want to yeah. work with Will? Do you want to go work with Tim? Like you need to get somebody else's eyes on this. Yeah. And figure out if there's something, I mean, the horse is, has an incredible cross country records, fabulous right. horse. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's where you as the instructor have to be willing to say, okay, I am not helping. Yeah. And I need to pass, you know, try to get this person some help. Yeah. Um, and, and so she's been, she's gone and gotten some help with Tim and I've talked to Tim a little bit and, you know, this and that and the other thing, but I think it's not always just the rider, but it has to be the instructor who says, okay, I can't help. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm the problem, but I'm, I'm, I'm not making it better. So I need to figure out how to help the person. And I found, I've had that happen a couple of times. Um, is sometimes with behavioral stuff with horses and sometimes with some training things where I've, you said this or even personality conflicts, honestly. And, um, and, and people have moved on. And I've actually found that I've learned so much, like you said, calling Tim, like I've learned so much when I've called the person said, what did you do? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it's a real, it's a different type of education, but it's like really interesting because everybody has their own experiences or something they bring to it, or they had a horse or a student or something They're like, Oh, I got this. And then it adds to your kind of, I don't know. I find that a very, um, if you can let it go, you know, like if you can, For if sure. you can let it go, um, there can be a lot to be learned there as well. Yeah, that's that's um it's interesting. I know. I was in the warm-up this weekend and they pulled someone up in the middle of their their show jumping because they had a bunch down and Randy Ward was in there and they go, Did they just did they just stop them in the middle of the course? And I said, Yeah, like that's what's happening now. And he just goes, This sport is getting so hard <laughs> and just turned and cantered away. <laughs> you know. And um, but it, you know, I it, it is getting so hard. they're actually stopping people now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I didn't know. know that. 
Yeah. And, um, but, but I think that that's something that needs to go, that needs to be communicated beforehand because, you know, like if you're on cross country and you have X amount of stops, you should pull yourself up. You know, you kind of know as long as your adrenaline isn't so I've been in a situation where I, I miscount counted and I got pulled up, but, um, that's just poor math. And, uh, <laughs> but, but it needs to be, you know, that rule I think needs to be clarified a little bit so that you don't have to wait for, you know, somebody's not running out and stopping you mid round that if you have. Absolutely. And how know, many times have you not had a rail and thought you had one? 100%. And had one and didn't have it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another <clears throat> one. Like that's a it's weird. That's, um, that's, a, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough because, you know, and, and cross country, pretty much you kind of know if you had a stop or didn't generally speaking. <laughs> Um, unless you can't for, count for show jumping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, a tough, like if they're going to expect you to stop in the middle of your round with more than four, mm-hmm. you know, if you've had four rails, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, can you get out there fast enough? And is it really a danger? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like they fall down. Um, but that's, that's a whole, that's a whole other rules, like that's podcast. Whole, yeah. we're not even going there. Um, no. we're not even going there. Um, Mm-mm. okay. Well, where we are going to go is that we've, I've had you on this call for an hour. So I'm going to go back to my little questions that I sent you earlier. I don't know if you had a chance to look at them. <laughs> my God, um, we're not going to go through that whole list. It's well, another conversation. It is a whole nother conversation, but yeah, we have to do it. Um, it's part of this, but we can, we can, you can pass. You can, you have two passes if you want. Um, Number two pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of a, a fun way to wrap this all up here. Um, so we're going to rapid fire, but take us, but hey, we go, can take a long go, time. Go, go. Are, are we getting close to your bedtime? Is that what's happening? <laughs> no, I was just trying to schedule my jumper show plans for tomorrow <laughs> because, you know, I have to practice my show jumping rounds and counting my rails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need like a cooker. Um, okay. All right. So the first question we're going to ask is what is the biggest lesson a horse has taught you about yourself? You need to be more patient. Mm. Always more patience is always the answer. Yeah always the answer like horses many horses have taught me this over the years yeah but more time and more patience is always the answer yeah and do you feel like you've got that down now or still working on it oh I'm sure we're always still working on it right you get done with yeah. the ride you're like geez if I'd you know maybe just stretched them for a minute there or just you know I mean yeah. riding horses right yeah there's a responsibility it does feel like though that yeah, that, that the more you're in it, the more you're willing to kind of, yeah, take that moment or take that walk break when, before you kind of push through it. But mm-hmm. yeah, patience is definitely, again, a, a little Irish saying my mom is, uh, <laughs> off, rarely found in a woman and never found in a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite training or competition mantra you reference? regularly uh no not really no this your past past <laughs> okay um is there a piece of advice someone gave you along the way that you still use today 
I mean, all the time, like too many to count, right? We talked yeah. about, you know, Katie Perdant's thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, David saying, you know, and this goes back to the patient thing, like let it take five strides to blah, blah, blah. Don't be so quick on them all the time. Let yeah. them take the time to find the rhythm or the footfalls or, you know, whatever it is you're working on, right? Let mm-hmm. it's okay in training to let it take longer. You don't have to always be so aggressive with them about getting the response. Yeah. Like, especially, you know, unless that's specifically what you're working on, but you know, mm-hmm. I think of that a lot. Yeah. It's, um, was reading something the other day and it was talking about how, um, horses learn and how they think. And they're obviously like they're stimulus based, um, and, and quick to react. And that can be good or bad depending on what they've learned previously and how to react, but that they, they think, and they learn slow. And that, that helped me a lot. Um, even just in the last week or two with making sure that if they're, if, when they're learning something, you know, if I don't want the quick reaction, like you said, like if you're teaching them mm-hmm. to be quick off the leg or teach, or they should have a quick reaction because it's something they already know. So it shouldn't be something you're thinking about. Like even for myself, if I'm learning something, I need to slow down and think through it. And that horses think slower than we do when they're learning. Um, mm-hmm. And so that like getting in the habit of, of having that extra time, especially in the process, like you said, like if they're trying to find the rhythm or trying to figure something out, um, <clears throat> that that their brain that's how their brain actually processes things is slowly um mm-hmm. which is yeah good at good advice <laughs> um slow down um what do you do when you are seeking in- inspiration pass <laughs> i wanted to know that one <laughs> I don't really think of, I don't, I read that question and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I'm just always inspired. <laughs> what do you do when it's like freezing? I mean, have cold. a plan. Yeah. Like you have a plan, right? Like this is what I want to accomplish. This is try to have a plan when you're riding, mm-hmm. but that's not inspiration. Yeah. That's just, you know, I think it can be inspiration. I think writing, having a plan, thinking through something can inspire you to go out and do it, especially if you're really goal oriented and goal driven. Yeah. Yeah. Inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to also, you know, just what we were just talking about, you have to also be willing to say, okay, that's not going to happen today. (laughs) I can't even trot in one rhythm. So, uh, working on my extended trot's not gonna happen like you know so yeah Yeah. you're like and plan scratched Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um okay last one and so you don't get a pass because we're counting that last one as a pass um have you had (laughs) an experience or an adversity separate from horses that you feel like has directly influenced you as a horseman i would say um quitting drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was definitely an alcoholic. Um, and I think in our sport, there are a lot, a lot, there's a lot of drinking. Yeah. Um, and so it was just sort of, you know, fine, whatever you, you did your thing and, 
you know, I, I certainly never like was drunk riding or, yeah. you know, anything like that, but you know, at the end of the day, you do, you do, you know, a lot of people yeah. drink. Um, and I quit drinking almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's, um, it's definitely changed my life in a lot, a lot of ways. Really? And it certainly, you know, included, you know, with the horses and stuff like that. For sure. How, how I, so with the horses? I think, um, just spending more time spending more doing more in the barn yeah um all the time doing more on my farm doing more you know just spending more time doing this thing that we're all so lucky to do yeah right spending more time doing that yeah being just present you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. there you go that's a great great way to put it yeah yeah that's interesting Yeah. It's, um, and I don't know, you know, it's, I don't know why, why there, there is so much, you know, like I'm very pregnant right now. This is why we're neck up. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's no drinking and, um, but it's wild actually. Um, I didn't reckon, I didn't realize actually how much, how, how used to coming home and having a drink or two or whatever until, you know, when I had Brooks and, and now, like I find myself at the end of the day, what well, I don't right now, cause it's been like eight months, but you know, you kind of go, Oh, well now what do I do? And I, I do exactly the same uh-huh. thing. I'm like, I go and drag the ring <laughs> you know? yeah, or exactly. I, you know, I do something um, productive, but I don't know why that's such a cultural thing. I think because it is, <laughs> it's such a high stress yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, you get in your group with your friends and you go to the bar because what else do you do? Like think about all the people that are in Ocala right now. Like, well, what do they do at night? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them go out. So, yeah, you know, I certainly, I certainly did that. Yeah. uh, Which means I never leave my house anymore. Ever. (laughs) Me neither. neither. Um, I think about you often as I'm turning my light off at eight o'clock at night (laughs) (laughs) and I have my water bottle. (laughs) That's right. I have my big water bottle right here. Um, (laughs) But I think that that's, you know, it's certainly helped me enjoying my life with horses. Yeah. um, More. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, this was awesome. It was awesome catching up with you. Mm-hmm. Awesome seeing you <laughs> sitting in the dark. I can still kind of see you. <laughs> I know. I'm totally in the dark here. I don't want my piranha to start barking again. I know. I know. Well, when are we going to get you down to Florida? You know, everybody's making no. the migration. Everybody's doing it. I know. Everybody is doing it. Everybody's yeah. doing it. This is like the longest I'll have been in Aiken for a number of years. I've only been coming down for like three weeks and I'm oh, going to really? be here like a little over a month because Whoa. we had so much snow. I'm like, okay, this oh, yeah. is the least amount of riding we've like, I have, we had to come early. You, do you so have like, an indoor or no? In Virginia? No, mm-mm. no, uh, because we're most like there's, I've had very few winners where I've, I've missed as much riding as I have this winter. Really? Um, like we were way up until January hit. Right. And then I think 
we had, you know, over two weeks, I think we rode like three times. Wow. Cause it was just, and it would not melt. It right. usually it melts, goes away. It just, we had Love so it. much snow, it would not melt, would not go away. And so, which is fine. I keep my horses going yeah. so that if that were to happen in January, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But I finally came down to crunch time where I was like, okay, I need to figure out when I have to go. So, well, be- before be we wrap this up, yeah. Like, tell me what, who's doing what, what horses are going where? What's Nothing that exciting, really. I have, um, I have my Cooley criminal mind that, uh, is the one that I had that problem with at Mormon last fall. Oh, so right. we're going to try to jump around some intermediate <coughs> tracks. Um, and then I've got with your contacts and Juju, <laughs> with my contacts and getting my bodies in much better shape now. Um, that's been good. Um, Arden Juju's come back from an injury. I have a really, really lovely, lovely, another diamond roller, um, five-year-old. Yeah. Hasn't done anything yet. And Crossy's coming for a visit. So we're going to see if he might be interested in going back to work. Oh, really? So, so what, what, we'll what has he been doing? He has been on a bit of a vacation, injury yeah. vacation. Yeah. So we're just going to see where he is he and, and what that looks like and see what he says about it. How, how old is he? He's uh, 14 this year, I think. Oh God, he's still so young. I know, 14 or 15. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's, he's done a bit, you know. Yeah, he has done a bit. Done a bit. So he'll still do another tour or two around. And then, so you're, yeah. so you'll be kept busy with those, those ones and kept busy with team USA and getting everything doing in line. Doing my selector job. And, doing your yeah. selector job. And are you enjoying that? Yeah. 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 I, I enjoyed it last time around, like yeah. for the, not even quite a year that I did it, but yeah, I do like it. I do like it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, you're a, a really good voice to have in that group. I think it's gotta be a strong a strong group of people. Um, Mm -hmm. so that has, is excellent. It's a good group. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good group. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much. One day we will meet again. (laughs) One day when your children are like 25. Oh God. Um, (laughs) uh, hopefully, um, I'm, I'm going to try and get, get up North this, um, summer fall we're gonna try and get up there for Morvin and fair hill and take a few horses from here and actually get out of florida and go for three or four weeks so cool hopefully hopefully we'll see you up there and there might be some short ones following us around but you know <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> what are you gonna do um awesome well thank you so much again and good luck at are you going to bruce's field go jump around some uh, stuff to that what we'll jump for a show just for yeah 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 tomorrow awesome yeah thanks keep them up all right all right bye bye my friend bye bye take care me too all right bye